0: Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 96, When There Is a Will, There Is a Way. It's February 21st, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, etc. I'm also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be well-loved, happy, and healthy, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moskovich. When there is a will, there is a way. This is a very powerful topic that has the potential to help you be more successful and actually to change your life for the better. So and this topic, by the way, can be applied to all areas of life, which you'll see when I go through some examples. It is, however, different from my podcast titled Being Unstoppable. So That podcast supports this idea and supports the concept, but they're two different things. So let's get going. If you happen to be new to my content, I hope you're going to visit my website and enter my giveaway where you can win free stuff because that would make me happy. Giving away free stuff makes me happy. And we all know I like to do things that make me happy. My website is www.lisalundy.com. Now, one thing that is very important for you to know is that I am not a medical health professional, nor am I a therapist, and nothing that I say in my podcasts, on my YouTube videos, on my website, or my book, anything, is intended to be medical or therapy advice. You, as a person, should get your medical or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider, of which I'm not. If you happen to be listening to this podcast and right now you're feeling sad, deeply sad, very depressed, if you feel suicidal, hopeless, like life has just gotten too unbearable, I am asking you to call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. I promise you that there is help available for you. There's actually lots of help available. Have no shame, have no embarrassment. This happens way more frequently than you could ever possibly imagine. So if that's how you feel, my request is that you make that call. My next housekeeping item is a little note, sidebar note for the deaf and hard of hearing community. I'm happy to report we finally worked out the process for having transcripts for my podcasts. I'm working on speaking more clearly and pronunciating, pre- pronouncing and enunciation so that the transcripts can be as accurate as possible. So I hope you're going to give me a little leeway while I improve my speaking for the purposes of transcripts. So I'm really delighted and it it has been a very, very long process to figure out how to do that, but we're on our way. And there might be a slight delay of 24 hours or some period of time from the time the podcast is published until the pod, the transcript appears. So we're working on that too. Now, When there is a will, there is a way. Well, the origins of this phrase go back to 1640 to this guy, George Herbert, and some things that he wrote, and then it was over time altered to be what it is now. When there's a will, there's a way. And this is something that I'm so excited about because you can apply it to, you know, little things and all kinds of things, as you'll see from my examples, and it's a it's an attitude or a mindset. It's it's a way of thinking that you can bring to a particular problem, situation, anything. I mean, it's really it's it's very cool. It by the way, the opposite of having the mindset or the attitude there when there's a will there's a way would be having a defeatist attitude. And that's the defeatist attitude is where you have an attitude Of accepting, expecting, or being resigned to defeat. And that's the polar opposite of what I'm talking about. And interestingly enough, I was going through some junior high yearbooks recently, very recently. And apparently, I was talking to one of my classmates in 7th and 8th grade about not having a defeatist attitude. Because she, she wrote that in my yearbook two years in a row. I am not a defeatist. So... This is powerful and can help you in every area of life. I mean, I'm just, I'm just a fan of it. And one of the pieces of when there's a will, there's a way is to bring being resourceful. Resourceful is not something everybody does all the time. And what I mean, the definition of resourceful is doing, you know, doing whatever it takes, being unstoppable, thinking outside the box. Resourceful, as in the dictionary, means to act effectively or imaginatively, especially in a difficult situation. It also means capable or clever, able to put available resources to efficient and ingenious use, using materials at hand wisely or efficiently. So that's resourceful. One of the ways to be resourceful, because if you, if, if you have a situation where you need to bring this when there's a will, there's a way, it's going to be helpful to use all the resources at hand the best that you can in the best way possible. And one of the tools to use is brainstorming. Some of you probably have never been in a situation where you've been in a brainstorming session. So I want to just give a little few notes about that in case you decide you want to adopt it. Cause it's, it is actually very fun. Well, it can be fun. So brainstorming is where you're going to throw every idea on the table to be, you know, written down or put on a whiteboard if you're at work without judgment and without um, making the, the idea wrong from the get-go. So brainstorming is where you're just going to, whether it's just two of you or there's a group of you, whether you're at work or at home or in an organization, you know, for whatever issue is at hand, you're just going to come up with every idea possible, every idea possible. And if you're in a group, you may have what I call a negative Nelly or a negative Nick who wants to immediately, once an idea has been generated, shoot it down and tell you why it won't work. Those people exist. They're, they're actually very common. And when you do brainstorming, you have to set the ground rules up front that that's one of the ground rules. We don't do that. We're just going to put the ideas on paper because the negative Nick or negative Nellies, they're going to before the ink is dry, are gonna be shooting down the idea and telling you all the reasons why it won't work. That's not helpful, and that's not part of the process of brainstorming. You're just gonna put every possible idea, even if it sounds crazy, even if it seems like too far out there, and get as many ideas as you can. And sometimes you have to have more than one brainstorming session, and you can even brainstorm yourself. You don't have to have Someone else, I've I've done it. But the idea is you're going to put every option possible. Now, I had really a lot of fun doing this with my kids sometimes. For example, coming up with themes for a party, coming up with Halloween costume ideas, and um, even coming up with ideas on how to be more effective in having the chores be done in a timely fashion. So there's no really it's not a hard process because you're just whether it's just you by yourself two of you or group of you just going to think of every idea possible for whatever's at hand and you can use it when you're addressing problems if you need to come up with a name for something if you're thinking about a trip you might want to take you could brainstorm about all the places you could go there's just it's a widely applicable idea and when you're going to do uh Whatever it, whatever it takes, you know, when there's a will, there's a way, brainstorming is a really great tool. So to give you the flavor and really give you the power of when there's a will, there's a way, my thought was the best way to do it would be through some examples. So I've categorized my examples into professional, medical, organization, and personal. So so, you can see this is an across the board mindset that you can bring to anything, seriously, small or big. So, professionally, um, and I've used this many times professionally, but I have my first example is when I was sought after to take the job of launching the Xerox desktop laser printer back in the day. It's really a long time ago. Now, my current boss was not a fan of me taking the job. The new boss I would work for was a fan of me taking the job, and both of them said, look, if it doesn't work out, we'll have a job for you. So I had two managers telling me I could I would have a job if it didn't work out. Now the issue was that the training for the job was already done. There were only three months left in the year that I would be stack ranked in sales against people who had been in their territories for 12 months, so that's a, if you're in sales, that's a, that is a showstopper, and the training for how to do a launch was already conducted and completed, there was not going to be any training of how to do a launch there, you know, and so basically, people, my manager, the, the regional launch manager, people basically said, we don't expect anything to you, for, from you, because it's really a lost cause. You don't have time in the field and, you know, we just don't expect you to do anything. The other issue was that the sales reps in the copier division didn't want to sell a laser printer. So it had a lot of obstacles that if you had a defeatist attitude, would be like, well, you're not going to do well. So, you know, it is what it is. That's not, that's not the attitude that I brought. When there's a will, there's a way, you know, I was committed and I I actually, of course, luckily for me, so I was the youngest person in that position in the region, possibly in the country, but for sure in our our region, and I had the least amount of sales experience. I was like, you know, a year or two out of college, but luckily for me, I had a lot of management and leadership experience to bring to the table, emotional skills and, and some really great stuff. And so I set about, first of all, I, I scavenged, I went on a scavenger hunt in the building for our office to every secretary, every manager, even the service department. What do you have that has Xerox on it that you would give me? You know, would you give me anything? Because they all, they all knew I had taken this job and they all knew nobody thought we would do very well as, as a district. So people gave me things, you know. Everybody gave me something: hats, cubs, mugs, mugs, visors, you know, fanny pack. You name it. If it was there, golf balls, whatever. I got this nice uh, supply of items to give away for my launch, and then I created these really cute, graphically cool handouts, kind of creating a teaser and a buzz that were apparently so creative and interesting that the secretary of one of the managers finally said, look, you need to make copies for everyone in the building because what's happening behind your back is those of us who aren't on your distribution list are rifling through other people's mailboxes so we can read what you've put out. Oh, really? Oh, well, that's cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I like that. Okay, good. So, when there's a will, there's a way. You're going to do like things outside the box. And so I did. And the net result of having When There's a Will, There's a Way is that I actually ranked in the position. I came in third out of like. Well, I think there were 12 spots, but I don't know that they were all filled. But I came in third. The number one rep had 12 months to prospect and close sales. The number two rep had nine months to prospect and close sales. And I came in number three with three months. So people were ecstatic. They were just shocked, actually. They were shocked. And the regional product launch manager who came to my launch was flabbergasted because of course I had she knew I had missed the training. <laughs> the training had been done like, you know, nine months prior. And she said, this was the best launch she had ever seen. Well, I brought, when there's a will, there's a way. I wasn't going to just say, oh, I'm happy to be 12th place. No, no, no. So it was very exciting and it was very fun. And you can kind of get the idea at work. You can bring this to work. And the other thing <laughs> Professionally speaking, so years ago I read this book that was just phenomenal. I'm not even going to say the book because then you'll know the author, and I don't. I have to keep certain details private for people's privacy. But anyway, this really compelling, compelling, amazing book in medicine. I will tell you the, the genre, and I decided. I should write the author a thank you note for writing this book. Because I had been researching medicine, which you'll hear about later. And it was extremely life-changing for me. So I write this thank you note to the author. And then I go look him up on the internet to get the address to mail it to him. And much to my surprise, this author has gone underground. You cannot find an address for him. It's like he disappeared. So I thought, hmm, okay. Well, I already wrote the note and, hmm, well, you know what? Let me see what I can find out about him. And I found out that he, prior to writing the book, was an investigative journalist, which of course made a lot of sense, given the book he wrote. So I decided, well, I'll call the newspaper where he used to work because a man who would write a book like this, that's that's a special kind of person. So my logic led me to believe that he would still be friends with maybe five or six people from the newspaper. And I just needed one who would accept a letter from me and then send it on to him. So I call the newspaper and the receptionist doesn't really give me much room to talk as soon as she hears his name. She said, he doesn't work here anymore. And she hung up. So I thought, hmm. Anyway, the, the short version of the story is I was tenacious. <laughs> I was unstoppable. And I, uh, I did call, not very often, but maybe once a day until she, on her own, went around in the building to find out who was still friends with this particular former employee found somebody at Marion Accounting and then I called one day and she knew it was me immediately and she, you know, put me in, in connection with the person who I would ultimately send the letter to. She opened it, read it, sent it off to the author and he then eventually called me, which turned out to be remarkable in what I learned from him that wasn't in the book. So, when you have there's a will, there's a way, things have a way of, of turning out that they wouldn't otherwise turn out. Now, I want to give you a medical example, because seriously, I use this in every area of my life, and I hope you will too, because it's amazing. So in a medical sense, years ago, there was someone I loved, details redacted because of their privacy, they were given a fatal terminal diagnosis normally in medicine normally they will give you at least a 10% chance of success that's more often the case they usually don't tell you there's no chance but you know sometimes they do so there was no no chance for survival and I found that unacceptable That was not acceptable to me. So so I went on and did, when there's a will, there's a way. And that meant I got people who would come to my house to babysit my three kids so I could go to the UB Medical Library, which I did, although I was crying several, several times. There's a couple librarians, retired now for sure, that would say, oh yeah, she was the one who came in here crying about that person. And so I went to the medical library. I At night, when the kids were in bed, I would make lists of places I could call for when, you know, my youngest was napping and, the, and my boys were busy or I, or I had a sitter, whichever the case may be. And I would call directors of laboratories. I even called physicians. Now, if you're not a patient of a physician, you can't talk to them. That's, that's how it goes. However... If you bring there's when there's a will there's a way to the party, and you talk to say a nurse or say the office receptionist, who goes, "Oh my gosh, you're in trouble. Let me help you." And then they give you the doctor's cell number. That's how you end up talking to a doctor that you're not a patient of. Now, I only only did that once, I think, and the doctor was flabbergasted first of all he was like oh my gosh you're calling me on my cell phone number how did you get my number I said just give me a minute to tell you what I'm calling about and then we'll go from there so I told him and in two sentences two sentences he said oh my gosh you're in big trouble not meaning me meaning the person I was trying to help He said, okay, what are your questions? I asked him and and he gave me the answers. And I I had promised him up front, listen, if you just talk to me for just a a few minutes, I will throw away your cell number and I will never, ever call you again, which of course I did. I threw away a cell number and never called him again, but I did get valuable information. So when you bring, when there's a will, there's a way, you're going to be creative. You're going to brainstorm. You're going to think outside the box and you're going to do whatever it takes because when there's a will, there's always a way. Now, the end result for this person in this terminal diagnosis was nothing shy of miraculous. They're, they're still alive. And they're alive like 14 years past the, I call it the date of death <laughs> because they said, oh no, this is, they will pass away by this time. And their health was so, their story, their health journey was so remarkable that it was presented at an international medical conference. I'm going to say now it's like 10 or 11 years ago. I mean, it wasn't presented until a couple years past the death date. I mean, I don't know what else they call it, but that's what I call it. And because nobody from America, anyway, lives past a certain age um, or a certain number of years with this condition. So that's like the power. Like, can you imagine? Well, first of all, when they told me that this person would never survive, I I didn't actually, I didn't actually believe them. I did not think that that was true. I just didn't. And it wasn't until way down the road, years and years down the road, in fact, years past the, the death date, that I came to understand why it was so significant and why, of course, by then I had enough medical research to understand what people die of and why they die, which, of course, is preventable. But anyway, another example in in medicine was when um, one of my kids was young, um, I wanted to get some... Non IgE blood testing done for food sensitivities, and the state I was living in at the time did not legally allow that to be done. Now it was legal in every other state in the U.S. but New York State, so I talked to the lab and they said, We cannot even talk to you. I said, First of all, you certainly can talk to me, and secondly. I want to know how long do I have to move to Pennsylvania? What's the residency requirement for me to move to Pennsylvania? My dad said I could move in with him with my kids. Uh, how long do I have to live there before I can get the test? And they were like, "Oh my!" Oh, they were just like, "Oh my gosh!" So the short version of the story is, I got the test and and went to Pennsylvania. I mean, they didn't ship it to New York State, but. Uh, and I got this blood work done, which was wildly helpful. Oh my gosh. Now the lab, which was actually in state college where I live now, the, the phlebotomist and the lab, they couldn't believe that a benign test like that wasn't legal in New York state. And they could not believe I had driven so far and done so much to get the blood work. Well, it was helpful. And I knew it would be helpful because I, I, I knew about IGE and I knew about non IGE and knew all this stuff. So it could be wildly helpful to bring doing whatever it takes and when there's a will, there's a way. Now, in organizations, <laughs> This this is helpful too. So you could be in a club or, I mean, you know, so we've got some professional, we've got some medical, and I'm going to layer on with organizational. So in college, I was president of a newly formed chapter of an organization. And I had called the headquarters, the international headquarters for this organization to request support. I had specific questions. I wanted information and the, leader, the head honcho I talked to, who I could tell you their name, but it doesn't matter, said to me, look, we haven't had a new chapter in so many years. We don't really know what to do with you. I said, okay, well, that's not very helpful. And she said, well, I don't know what else to tell you. I said, well, I need help. She said, well, I'm sorry. We're working on it. We'll, we'll try to get back to you. I said, okay, well, that doesn't help me. No, that does not help me in charge of, you know, 85, 90 women. So I I actually went to the Chi Omegas, who I was the RA for the Chi Omegas. I was the resident assistant for the Chi Omegas. And I knew the Panhellenic president who was a Chi Omega very well. And I asked them for help. And guess what? They were happy to help me. They were happy to answer, i mean i had wasn't asking about their business. I wasn't saying, well, how do you what do you do?" I was just saying, you know, like these are some simple questions you know in terms of you know blah blah blah, and they were like, "Oh yeah, that's easy, and they helped me now would most people have done that now? probably not now, the next thing I want to talk to you is about your personal life because this is really cool in your personal life. I mean you want to bring it everywhere, but So, talking about being resourceful and brainstorming, um, I I had to be, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I am going to find a way for my kids to have friends because somebody didn't really want them to have friends. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not having that. They are going to have friends. But they limited my resources to be able to help my kids have friends. So, creatively... I started, actually I ended up starting two, but I started a gavel club, which is a Toastmaster club for either people who are in prison or unemployed or under 18. So I was using the under 18 because the kids were not in prison and they, you know, didn't meet the adult criteria. And that was an amazing way for them to make friends. So even though I was limited in resources. It turned out to be the most amazing thing in the world. And the kids that were more than 10 years post the first gavel club, they still, I ran into a, a young man who was in this, the one, so I started one in Buffalo and then I started one in State College when we moved. And I ran into a young man last year who had been in the state college gavel club and he was so excited. He said that I had the best memories from that. That was like the most impactful thing in my life. I'm so happy that I got to be a part of it. I was like, wow. So you can bring doing whatever it takes. And when there's a will, there's a way to any problem. And having gavel clubs was a way to address my kids being able to have friends when other resources and other avenues were taken off the table, unfortunately. And the other personal example I have is um, back in the day, my kids had a few little health problems and one of them was an immune system problem. That meant we couldn't just have people come over to the house of course now we're post pandemic so people understand this way better back in the day people were like what are you crazy now i'm dealing with someone who has no immune system of course people who have had cancer understand that because they're usually instructed to avoid people who've been vaccinated or have a cold if they're undergoing chemotherapy i mean that's typically what's been done i don't know if they've stopped doing that in the last five or ten years but they used to do that So as a way to, you know, bring when there's a will, there's a way to having my kids having a sense of normalcy when there was no immune system available for all of them, I creatively came up with having birthday parties using adults. So I had some, um, I didn't live around family, but I had a lot of lady, adult lady friends who were retired. So they were available because they weren't at work who would come over for each of my kids' birthdays to create a birthday party. And thankfully, my kids were young enough that they just were happy that it was a party. And they had these lovely ladies that they loved and adored. And it was absolutely beautiful. And I was so blessed that these women, you know, well, first of all, they understood all of the circumstances and appreciated it but it was it was an amazing thing that happened and if i had just given up if i'd had the defeatist oh well i have you know we have somebody in the house who has no immune system so we can't celebrate then that would have never happened so when you think outside the box you can have things happen that wouldn't otherwise happen so i have a few more suggestions for when there's a having when there's a will there's a way number one You've got to be all in, you've got to be committed, you've got to be resolved, you've got to decide, I have the will, so I will find the way. That's just part of it, that has to happen. Number two, it's wild, It's wildly helpful in life. If you stop caring what people think of you, I mean, seriously, give that up. It's, a, it's so powerful, it's so amazing. When I was calling the newspaper, so I never called them more than once a day, I called them maybe three times the first week. Then over the weekend, I was thinking, yeah, I don't need to send a thank you note to that guy. He doesn't know me. It doesn't matter. But Monday morning, there was this huge tug. And for people who know me, I operate off of lists and I'm very focused, focused and focused and passionate about whatever I'm doing. But Monday morning came and it was this huge tug, no, you have to call one more time. And that was the time I got connected to the woman who actually knew the author. The big deal is what I learned when the author called me. I mean, I know things that almost nobody in the world knows because that author called me. So it was the universe or God or the Holy Spirit or whatever you want to call it who drove that I actually sent that thank you note, because I really personally didn't have any skin in the game. So if I had really cared what the receptionist at the newspaper thought, I would never have called more than once. But I don't have a lot of care or concern about what people think of me I mean yes I I know I take care of my reputation I take care of my good name I do things with integrity I'm very thoughtful and caring because I love people and I don't want to hurt them you know but do I really care what people think of me no I don't and it's apparent to my inner circle which makes them laugh sometimes all right I frequently recommend this or almost always recommend this in my podcast, but build a team, build a team to take your life to new places. Because if you had a team, like you would be unstoppable. You could have this amazing life that you can't even imagine for yourself. If you had a team and Teams make life more fun. You could just build a team to say, we're just going to have love, happiness, and fun. That's our theme. That's what we're going for. And only do that. And that would change your life. I promise you that would change your life. So build a team. Number four, growth and development. Well, clearly I'm the diehard fan of growth and development because all of my content is about growth and development. It is the pool I swim in. It is what I love. Because it's given me an amazing life despite trauma after trauma after trauma and hardship after hardship after hardship. I've had an amazing, miraculous life despite all the nasty, bitterly hard BS things that people have done to me. And people have done awful things. But I've still had a miraculous, amazing, an amazing life that is in a large part due to the fact that I've grown and developed skills and abilities, including and especially emotional intelligence. The next suggestion for when there's a will, there's a way is to really bring brainstorming to your life because man, that can really be a lot of fun. I mean, I, I mean, I really have to tell you for trips I mean, we, I just, I just use it as a, as a way, a course of doing life because it's, you don't know what you would, come up with if you don't do it like if you don't brainstorm you might not think of like my daughter and I were brainstorming in 2019 and we decided oh yeah we should go up to Buffalo and see all our old friends It was like oh my gosh well had we not been brainstorming about some place to go or something whatever it was we, I we just wouldn't have thought of that and we took that trip and it was so amazing like you just can have a lot of fun if you can bring brainstorming and and using your resources to the table. And the other thing is look at the issues and problems you have in your life. Now, most people have some issues. Most people have some problems. I have problems and issues in my life. I'm dealing with them because I'm 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 a diehard fan. When you have a problem, get in there and deal with it. Like just deal with it. Why not? I'm just a fan of that. But consider the issues and problems you're facing in your life and how could this mindset of when there's a will, there's a way, how could it be helpful to you? I mean, I, I didn't include the example of paying off all my college debt, saving in my 401k and buying a house at a reasonably young age as a single person that's another example like you could do amazing things if you bring when there's a will there's a way to the party or to your life the other thing i would suggest is it's helpful to be open-minded Now i know there's a lot of people in the world that are closed-minded and that's okay there's nothing wrong with however you you are like you are however you are but it can be very helpful to be open-minded Because when you're brainstorming and you want to start looking at your resources, what resources do you have? You know, it's really helpful to kind of open up a little bit and be open minded. My last uh, next to last suggestion is to have a reward system. Even if you decide you're going to do life alone, which you're welcome to do, I mean, go right ahead, but have a reward system. I recently did a podcast called Reward Yourself. I'm a die-hard fan of that. They're, first of all, they're fun. Secondly, they can really help you stay in the game and be focused and, and move your life forward, which, you know, like if you have this luxurious life that you don't need to do anything, then forget it. You don't need that, but that's not the life that most people have. Most people are tired, they're depressed, they have anxiety, they have all kinds of issues and problems. So a reward system is, is amazing when your life is great and it's amazing when you're trying to improve your life. And my last suggestion is just don't give up or quit. It's easy to give up and it's easy to quit. I understand. But there's value and, and a whole an entire new possibility if you're going to have the mindset When there's a will, there's a way, because I promise you, if you have the mindset, when there's a will, there's a way you will find the way it might not come up right away. You might have to, you know, talk to five different people. You might have to talk to like, who knows what you would have to do. But when there's a will, there's a way. In my opinion, I have never found that not to be true. I just have never found that it's not true. So when you have there's a will, there's a way, you will find the way, but not if you give up. So don't give up. So my takeaways are it's time to adopt the mindset or the attitude when there's a will, there's a way. Because it's amazing. And my second takeaway is I want you to explore what would your life be like if you started employing that technique? I I don't know, but There might be a lot of things that would happen. And my last takeaway is I hope you're going to get on the road to growth and development and start like making life fun and amazing and playful and just filled with all the good stuff. My call to action is I'd love it if you would share this podcast with other people to help them on social media. And I really, my biggest call to action is like, let's get your life going. Let's like, let you have an amazing life. And when there's a will, there's a way so you can do it. That's all for now. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 96, When There Is A Will, There Is A Way. I hope you can see that all the ways that this could impact your life and help you be more successful. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically. Of course, I'd be thrilled if you went to my website and entered my giveaway, and it would definitely make me happy if you shared this podcast to help other people have some new thoughts. Hang in there for now. Love you. Bye.